Welcome to our weekly devotional with Dr. Owen Anderson. And this week I'm looking at Hebrews 11. And this has come up for a number of reasons, including our uh, General Revelation Conference. If you go on our blog, our post our, our, on the webpage, generalrevelation.com, the blog site, you'll see a post on this in the next couple days. And we're really going to be looking at having faith when we go, when we go over General Revelation. And this chapter is a great chapter. You get a whole chapter on faith. Starting off with the definition, right? Verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now there's usually a tension made in people's minds between reason and faith. And they'll say, well, you can't reason now. That's why you just need to have faith. But here we're having those two things connected, especially the word understanding. Reason Understanding, knowledge, and faith all get connected in this chapter. Now, faith is not just anything, any understanding. Like, I have faith that 2 plus 2 is 4. Well, no, you don't. You, you work that out in front of you. You can get two things and two other things and put them together, and I can see you have four things. Faith is understanding things not seen, not visible. And that's what you use reason to understand. You have to reason it out. And it even uses this word evidence, like faith using evidence here. And the, the things hoped for, hope is like faith in that sense that hope is not for the seen. You don't hope for the money you have in your bank account. You're looking at your check register. You've added it all up. You've totaled it out. And this is how much money you have. You don't have faith. I mean, hope that you have money. You have money. There it is. Hope is for usually the future. You don't see it happening yet, but you have faith in it. So all of that comes out here in just the first ver two verses, first verse. The first word's about that. The second verse says that's what the, the uh, patriarchs, the elders before us had. Faith in this. Especially think about that, living before Christ. How much faith and hope you would have to have. But I don't know that it's any more than now. Because although we're living after Christ, we're still living in faith as we wait for the discipling of the nations. And we can be tested in our faith where we start to think, ah, man, that's never going to happen. Uh, I give up. So faith... Then, verse 3, this is interesting. Here's where Paul starts. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. He begins with God alone is eternal. The worlds were all made specifically by the word of God, connecting us up to John chapter 1, and the Logos spoken of there. So faith begins by understanding what is eternal, what is not eternal, God's eternal, what is not eternal, the world. And then, uh, and worlds here is not meant to be like uh, potential universes or, or multiple universes. It means uh, plural of all the worlds that were made, the uh, planets, the stars, everything. And that they're made by the word of God, that brings in the element to make God known. The word of God makes God known. And that's why the worlds were made. And so by faith we understand this. Not by faith we blindly accept it while we seek understanding. That's a common phrase, right? Faith seeking understanding, as if you could have faith and not understand. In contrast to saying, no, you have faith insofar as you understand or to the extent you understand, and we're growing in our faith. And we begin here. It's interesting that he begins there. 
God alone is eternal. And that's what we're going to be looking at in our General Revelation Conference, is how can we know that God alone is eternal? And, and how can we know that this is our highest good? Now, he goes through a number of other instances of faith, but I want to come down here now to verse 19. Not by way of skipping these. These are all good. can reflect on them. But 19, when he says that going over Abraham, that he reasoned here in the King James, accounted, and that's an interesting word because both reason and accounting are the word for logos. He used the logos to understand that God could raise the dead. So how did he do that? Well, he knew that an offering is in our place and that Isaac can't be the offering because Isaac needs an offering. He also knew that through Isaac, he would have a great family. If Isaac's dead without kids, that promise can't come true. So you know that promise will come true. Isaac will have kids. Second, you know Isaac isn't the, the sacrifice. He would only be a representative of it. So if he is sacrificed, he won't stay dead. He'd be raised from the dead to fulfill that promise. And someone else will come to be the one who dies in our place. So just like Isaac can't be, so too the goat or the ram can't be that sacrifice. He would know that too. So Isaac, or sorry, Abraham's reasoning these things out. Now let's, this is, this is not just a theology or, or philosophy class. This is a weekly devotional. How do we apply this devotionally in our lives as Christians? Well, we're called to have the same kind of faith. We're called to work things out about the Christian life. As we're going out along in our day, in our week, challenges come up, we're tempted to lose our temper, be exasperated, doubt God's with us, doubt that God loves us, doubt that the future will hold anything good. And as we go through those times, we're to reason out why those temptations aren't true. I mean, that's no different than the temptation in the garden. Did God really say, that's calling a question into question your understanding and your hope, your faith. Excuse me. <coughs> so this is a very, this is not just in a philosophy class where we talk about what's eternal. This is a daily thing as we struggle with sin and we struggle with temptation. We're called to use our minds, be transformed by the renewal of our minds, be sanctified by the truth. And, we, and, and really Christians should exemplify that in applying this to overcome those temptations that come up in life that try to take us away. Think about the four seeds, the parable of the seeds, and those who are choked by the cares of this world. That's a kind of temptation. Are they able to reason themselves out of that to understand why those cares of this world don't replace the highest good? Now, uh, or those who are initially excited and fall away. Are they able to overcome that initial excitement when it fades? Are they able to have uh, permanence, stability, or are they sort of tossed about by their emotions? Now, I'm not suggesting you can reason your way into regeneration. That's a whole different topic. In fact, regeneration is the restoration to life, the life of the mind, thinking. So all the more, if someone says that they're regenerated, they should be able to reason. And we should expect that. And we should look at ourselves and see that. So there's no condition that we're in, however difficult or hopeless, perhaps we wrestle with depression or anxiety, despair, anger, envy, 
might envy our neighbors who seem to have it much better than us and an easier lot in life. None of those things are really uh, competitors against faith. Each of those can be taken down. Each of them can be shown to be false. And we should do that work. That's the work we're called to do in having faith. So Hebrews 11 and the nature of faith in the Christian life. 